say this is a solo episode, so if you uh, are not fond of those or something, uh, I mean, there's only been one of them so far, so I, I don't know why you'd already have such strong opinions about it, but if you do, then I guess this isn't the episode for you, so uh, move along. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, Rebels review for the last two episodes, um, Jedi Knight and Doom, and uh, a lot happened, and it was kind of some of the best we've seen from Rebels so far. So I'm kind of excited to talk about it because I kind of haven't been a major fan of Rebels. Uh, The first season I actually legitimately believe is just unwatchable, at least for for my taste. I found it to be unwatchable. I was a big fan of the Clone Wars, etc. But um, I did not like the first season. The second season was better, but kind of weak, I guess. I liked the third season a lot. And the first half of the fourth season was eh. But I really, really like these two episodes. I think there's a lot here, and I'm excited to see where it goes, but I'm also kind of hesitant about some of what they're going to do, and I'm, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, too. Okay, so full spoilers. I'm, I'm going to say that now, so it's your fault if you get spoiled from this. Just don't don't listen to it if you haven't seen it. And if you have uh, if you have no desire to, to see it, then... Um, I don't I don't blame you, I guess, but... So the first episode that uh, they released yesterday was Jedi Knight, and it picks up pretty much immediately where the last one, the last episode left off, where uh, Hera's captured. We see her be tortured extensively, which I thought was interesting, like, is an interesting choice for a, a kid's show, uh, where it's just, just a bunch of screaming was basically... <laughs> Uh, the first few minutes of that episode, and Thrawn's there barely for a second, and then he just kind of leaves. That episode was probably the best episode of Rebels, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I would have liked more Thrawn, because I feel like Thrawn is still the strongest character in the show, and maybe that's just because I've read Thrawn, and I've always been a big fan of him, even in the EU, and then Legends and stuff like that, but I still think he's the strongest character, and he was barely in this one, so... I guess that was, you know, but everything else was so good. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. So basically, Phoenix Squadron is just trying to save Hera and get her back from Governor Price, I guess, while she's torturing Hera. And they they make these gliders and they fly in and then they get Hera and escape. And that's basically what happens in that episode. Like, if if you were to be very light on spoilers that's what happens but uh getting more in depth Hera uh we we finally see those interrogation droids from episode four being used and uh they inject Hera with this needle and she goes all kind of loopy which I thought was a weird choice like if I have to nitpick anything from that episode I don't really think it made any sense for the context to have her be not exactly sober during the episode because of how sobering the events of it were. I think it would have been more powerful if she was in her right mind and they had a romantic moment that wasn't induced by drugs. So so Kanan, uh, he, he cuts his hair, right? So his hair is all short and uh, just like his hair used to be in the, the Kanan comic uh, back when he was called Caleb Doom and was a Jedi apprentice and everything. I really liked the connections to his backstory and stuff like that in this episode. I think that was really strong. Um, he he saves her. Hera's kind of loopy, and she's like, 
I love you. And she's all weird. And then they kiss. Uh, like, they're being attacked and whatever. And so then they try to get away. And the episode ends with they're on top of this fuel tower thingy. And to try to kill them, Governor Price commands that they shoot the fuel reserves, I guess. And they kind of blows up. And Kanan basically spends the last of his effort, you know, trying to get the rest of the crew away. And he saves all of them, but he himself dies in a giant fiery explosion. And that's kind of a big deal, obviously, because it's it's Kanan. It's kind of not the main character, but kind of the most important character in a lot of ways in the show. And, he, you know, he's a full-on Jedi Knight, like pretty much... Other than Obi-Wan and Yoda, he was like the last Jedi Knight at the time, you know? And that now he's dead. So that that happened. And that was a really powerful scene. I just would have liked to see Hera a bit more sober throughout the whole episode. So it kind of mattered that they had this relationship. Because Hera obviously kind of sobered up near the end. But it was only by the end. And I think that was kind of a bad choice at at least for the characters and i don't think it's really going to develop anything especially with having watched the next episode Hera isn't upset like that she hardly ever got to say you know goodbye and she was all weird at that time like there wasn't any regrets or anything like that and so there wasn't really a point to have her intoxicated or whatever in that way in the episode I, i i don't i didn't really see the point but I'll just be honest. It was a very powerful moment when um, when Kanan died. Like story wise, it was fantastic. Execution wise, especially for an episode of Rebels, I think it was fantastic. And I thought the score uh, they used a lot of the the like classic Star Wars themes that they kind of stay away from usually in the show. So I mean, we knew something was up, but it was also a lot more powerful because of those themes. I thought. This is the episode where the score was like particularly standout good and really improved the quality of the show. Um, yeah, overall, I think it is probably the best episode of the show. You, you, Kanan has this kind of sadness throughout the entire episode, so it's kind of almost hinted that he knew he was going to die, or else it's just an indicator for the audience that he's going to die. But I'd like to think he kind of saw that a little bit in advance in The Force. Um, or like, you know... Obviously, we see these uh, these weird loath wolf things have uh, given visions before and that sort of thing. So I'd, I'd like the idea that the the loath wolf that keeps you know saying doom gave him the you know the vision, and he realized he was going to die there, and that's why he he went through all this effort to save her in the way he did and all that. I think that was good, but there are ramifications for the empire too. It's not like they just killed him and then that was everything and that was fine. Um, that blowing up their fuel reserves kind of shut down the factory to make the Tide Defenders, which I thought was a very good plot twist, I guess. And it was very, it was handled very well in the next episode where Thrawn's kind of upset at her because he's like, I don't really care that you killed a Jedi. I just care that the Tide Defender factory shut down. And that is particularly Thrawn's character. Like he, he will take his time on things. He'll let his enemies live. He's just going to be slow and methodical and, um spend more effort on preparing than he is on like just trying to blow up the other guy and so i i liked that addition to it but yeah overall i think that the the second episode was obviously weaker than the first one where um kanan died 
Also, I haven't actually read A New Dawn, so I, I should point that out. They have this book, if you don't know, that is called Star Wars A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller, and it is canon, and it is a story about Kanan meeting Hera for the first time, and they reference that quite a bit in the show, especially in this episode. They talked about the time, like, when we first met and that sort of thing, and I haven't read that, so maybe the emotional impact of that didn't hit me as hard. Um, I, I've, you know, being on Twitter, you hear so many people are like crying over what happened. And, and for me, it didn't hit home in that way. It was just intellectually, I realized, wow, this is well done. This is particularly well done for this show. Um, but yeah, the second episode was a bit weaker. The Loth Wolves were interesting, but I didn't like the addition of them full on talking. I thought that was kind of a bit much. But then, and I, I got to the point where I was just straight up annoyed at it at some point when Ezra was having these, was was talking to these wolves and whatever. But then he wakes up and it's kind of implied like it's partially a vision, I guess, what he saw. Like the giant wolf that he saw that was talking to him like straight out that said he was Doom um, uh, and, and implored him to, to protect the Jedi Temple and everything. That is, um, I guess, implied that it's a vision that he's having which seems to kind of connect with the rest of what we know about the Loth Wolves, and I like that addition, but I just thought it was maybe too far that they're just straight up talking. I like that it's more mysterious, and he has to kind of figure it out as the rest of the season goes on, but instead it's just by the end of the episode he knows what's happening. To be honest, I think that they could have stretched out, like, that they could have just forgotten about the first half of season four and stretched out the second half into a full season with what is going on. I'd like it if they took their time to develop these specific things. I think maybe the episode uh, Jedi Knight could have been two separate episodes, you know, and you just continually build it up and build up the tension until that last end point where Kanan dies. I think that might have been more powerful, but they're trying to wrap up the show quickly for some reason, and that's what Disney wants. Um, In their fourth season, which I've never really heard of a show ending in its fourth season, of its own right. So um, clearly they're just trying to wrap it up and shove all the storylines together. And I'd say they're doing an admirable job. I just, I don't know, I'm just kind of nervous that like it won't be given the full weight that the actual story has intellectually. Um, I hope that comes across emotionally in the rest of the episodes, I guess. More importantly, I would like to see Ezra also die. As, as much as I, I don't want to have to admit that, like, I, I really do think that he should die, and I don't think that he will die. I think that by the way that they killed Kanan, they're not setting up Ezra to die. But I guess it's possible, the more I think about it, that they, they are trying to kind of at least space out the deaths if, if there are going to be any more deaths. I think um, Ezra dying would be kind of a good choice, but he should do it in a way that kind of saves Lothal as a whole, um, maybe through use of whatever is it at the temple, through the, the whatever Mortis thing they're trying to bring back throughout the season. I'd like to see him sacrifice himself in some way in, in whatever the Loth Wolves are gui- guiding him to do to save Lothal, completely remove the Empire uh, from being there, Maybe it even kill Thrawn, Admiral, I mean, Governor Price, and uh, just kind of erase the Empire. But I think it should kill him in the process. That might be 
uh, a wise decision to to just clear up the fact that there aren't any extremely strong force users who are by far much stronger than Luke showed himself to be in the original trilogy when he brought balance to the force supposedly I, I just like I think that he needs to go but based off of what Dave Filoni had said I don't think that's going to happen uh, there was an interview with him after Jedi Knight premiered and they were asking if the reason why he killed off Kanan was just because of the Yoda line from Empire Strikes Back or was it Return of the Jedi or whatever there is another I think that's implied in canon that yes he was just referring to Leia and that's it and the point is that there's no other Jedi or people who can you know save the galaxy or bring balance to the force or whatever but I think Ezra would kind of confuse that and muddle that a little bit if he remained alive but anyways Dave Filoni said no that's not why he killed Kanan he said it's because um, he said that that line is often um, misinterpreted and that that's not what it's saying and no no he he had kind of disdain for that concept uh, and he also talked about how he didn't like having to kill Kanan off um, and that I don't know if it's it's proper to say that he had to be convinced but that uh, Freddie Prince Jr., the, the guy who plays Kanan, basically said, kill me, and and that's kind of what got him to do it. So my guess is that Dave Filoni still doesn't like killing off characters and that he won't kill off Ezra, and he'll just, you know, continue to make him not a Jedi, I guess, a full-on Jedi, and, and that's how he'll... That's his way of retconning it. I, I don't want to see that happen. I don't really think Ezra has a place in the galaxy without Kanan to begin with. I, I think Ezra would be kind of a boring character if he was unchecked by what Kanan brought to the team. And, and so I'd, I'd like to see him gone now that Kanan is. But um, I am also curious, I guess, here's some more speculation. I, I don't know. But the wolf says that it's Doom when Ezra asks it who he is. Obviously, I don't think he's canon, exactly. I'd even think it's plausible that they're trying to set up, like, the convoy that's going to appear is going to be Ahsoka, and Doom is going to be this giant wolf thing, and they're, like, somewhat there, somewhat, you know, force projections, slash, like, like they only appear in kind of visions and that sort of thing. I don't think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I think there has to be some sort of other reveal. I don't think Ahsoka's the convoy and... And the the giant wolf, the giant loath wolf is um, Kanan. I think they're gonna have it kind of leave it up in the air. I think they're gonna kind of remain mysterious about it, and I I think that's the better choice, and I think that's where the series is pointing. But I, I've seen speculation about whether or not the uh, the dead Jedi slash gray Jedi, I guess that we've seen in Rebels, are going to kind of come back as these animals i i wouldn't like to see that um this is all basically subjective and i i understand that but um i i wouldn't enjoy seeing them all come back as as these animals because it wouldn't really make sense with the rest of the universe i guess that's the thing about rebels is it's really cool if you isolate it from the rest of the universe as far as what the story it, what's going on in the story and i like the story and, and the plot development and such in Rebels, and that's kind of why I watch it to begin with, not really for the... Well, definitely not for the animation style, but I don't I don't know. It's It feels like just the way that Rebels works as a whole just doesn't really fit within 
the canon because it's kind of too mysterious. And I like my Force mysterious and uh, uninterpretable, but overall, it's kind of too much to make pe- like dead people turn into animals and and do all this stuff without explaining it that we don't have any indication of happening anywhere else in the universe and we've seen a lot of jedi die over the years in star wars but we we've never seen this kind of thing happen before i don't know i that's the sort of thing that i i hesitate on with rebels like if this were non-canon if this were non-canon show like the freemaker adventures or whatever i might like it more just because there's the there's the element of what happens here isn't like a new rule for the universe in the eu the things that annoyed me were when it turns out there were jedi that were still alive throughout all the clone wars and whatever um and then you get by in kind of a weird loophole that sort of thing i never really enjoyed loopholes and overused retcons and that's kind of what i was was excited about with the story group is that they're not trying to retcon things they're just trying to make the universe fit around the movies uh and make their books and shows around what the movies say about the universe instead of trying to make the movies talk about the books, you know, after the fact. So I I hope Dave Filoni doesn't just take it in this strange direction that doesn't really fit in the universe. I don't know, I'm nervous about that sort of thing. But overall, I think Doom is a good episode. I'm I'm going all over the place in this. Uh, I'm really sorry. I kind of tend to do that when I don't have a guest star. So I'm I'm working on getting uh, a guest for the next Rebels review, which I guess is next week. So that'll be up, and I'll I'll try to have a another person on watching for that. So, but uh, as for this one, um, Jedi Knight definitely thumbs up. If I had to rate it like out of five stars, at least for a Rebels episode, it's a five star episode. But if I were to compare it to other shows I like more, like you know the Clone Wars or that sort of thing, I'd say it's like. Uh, you know, a four and a half star episode, I guess, if that matters. Uh, I, I've been more emotionally impacted by by Clone Wars and, and other shows. And even other episodes of Rebels, I suppose, have been more emotionally taxing on me than this one, even though what actually happened is um, intellectually more astounding and, and heartbreaking and that sort of thing. So yeah, really good episode. I think the best episode that Rebels has had, and I hope to see that sort of thing continue, and I, I hope to see Thrawn back a little bit more. Oh yeah, and that that reminds me, in, in Doom, I should talk about Doom a little bit more. There's this whole other subplot where Sabine and Zeb are trying to take out Rook, basically, and they're, they're chasing him, or no, he's chasing them, and they're kind of setting up traps for him. He turns invisible with this thing, and I had no idea that that was possible in the Star Wars universe, and I think that's really cool. And it also kind of makes sense. We've seen, like, some kinds of cloaking, I guess, before, but not not to that extent, and that was really kind of cool to see, and I want to see that used in a movie really badly. I want to see some kind of cloaking technology, and I thought that was cool, but I also liked the just, like, very kind of adult way that they handled, like, Zeb's anger in that episode. Like, he just was beating on Rook like crazy, just hitting him in the face over and over and over again in a pretty violent way. I mean, they had to show it kind of off screen, but you just hear it happening and you you see Zeb's like fists go up and that sort of thing. And I think that was 
well done. I didn't expect that from Rebels. It seemed like it was trying to stay pretty kid-friendly. So with, like, back-to-back them killing off a main character and then in the next episode, this guy, like, beating this other guy to death, you know, with his fists, it's trying to, to go in a very adult direction. And I kind of applaud it for that. I thought that was good. But the only thing I thought was weird about that was that Sabine's like, no, Zeb, don't do that. And he's like, okay, so so what now? And I felt like that was just kind of too fast. Like maybe he'd be like so much in that zone where he's just like, you know, beating on him that Sabine would have to like hit him to like stop him or something like that. But it seems like he just immediately snaps out of it. That that episode was, was confusing all over the place and, and strange. I didn't really buy Hera's grief after the fact in a lot of ways. I think that was, like, it seemed like it was written well and everything. I just didn't really buy the performance or the way it was edited together with other more, somewhat more lighthearted things, I guess. There were some parts of that um, Sabine and Zeb subplot that was kind of a lot more happy and humorous. And then you'd go over to Hera, who's like, just like really sad and and fake crying and and the the crying was very very bad and unconvincing and part of that is the way it was edited part of that was the way the sound was mixed in but part of that was just i don't think Vanessa Marshall is very good at crying um on on cue and that that was kind of noticeably bad i think in when in doubt like if the person who's playing that character can't fake cry try to show remorse in a different way with the character you know that's just my two cents, and uh, I, I've heard lots of people think that like that was fine, but I personally didn't like it all that much. Um, but yeah, right, that's just me. So I'd give that episode, like, out, I guess if we're doing out of five stars again, I don't know, a four star. Like, it wasn't a bad episode by any means. It wasn't some stuff from, from season one where it was just kind of a Firefly ripoff, but, but worse. Um, it was a really solid episode, and on par with a lot of the Clone Wars, and I really, really enjoyed myself um, with those episodes. So, yeah, I think overall, uh, Rebels is looking up, and uh, I guess looking up as it's coming down is kind of a good way to put it. It's it's the end, and they're doing a good job trying to close it over time instead of all at once, which I appreciate. Yeah, I can't wait to see how it concludes. I think that they'll do a lot of good stuff with it. I don't want Thrawn to die, but I think that's probably going to happen. So, yeah, that that's uh, that's the review for this week. I don't really... I don't know if I'd call it a review, exactly. That's just me talking about some concepts I, I enjoyed and didn't enjoy in the latest Rebels episodes. So, next week is going to be a more... I guess you could call it a formal review, um, like I do on my other podcast, uh, the Gosh Daniel podcast, where we have just put up... Uh, hopefully it should be up by now, an episode reviewing Black Panther, which is somewhat more of a normal review, I suppose. But yeah, we re- we review movies on that, and, and it's not just me. <laughs> so yeah, uh, go check that out. It's called uh, the Gosh Daniel Podcast. It should be on iTunes or whatever, if you're interested. I'm also on Twitter at RevanCard if you're interested, and uh, I think that should be it. So uh, thank you for listening, and... I will be back in the next episode, hopefully with a guest this time. So yeah, we'll see.